Good morning and welcome to Morning Java, brought to you as always by Get-Go Cafe and Market, where Alex, they've always got great options, fresh options, curbside delivery. I even got myself a veggie wrap yesterday for lunch. They got me eating veggie wraps. Do you know how good you have to be to do that? You're going to be, you're gonna be you know, nice and fit whenever you start the pit beat. You know, yeah, powered by veggie wraps. That, that, that's, a, that's exactly what's going what's to what's happen there. You're going to look like high school Carter again. Oh my God. Now listen, I'll settle for college Carter. I'll settle All for right. college Carter. But guys, it's Chris Carter here with Alex Stump. And Alex, we're going to lead off this show talking about not the, the loss, but we're going to talk about the, 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 the news that they're sending Jose Usuna back down. That's what everyone wants to talk about. You've, you've analyzed the, the Pirates for a long time. You've written on the Pirates. You've been covering them this whole season. What's your readout on why they're sending Osuna down, and do you agree with it or not? Well, the reason that they gave was, you know, they needed the pitching right now. And say what you want about Miguel Del Pozo, and I've, I've you know, said enough about Miguel Del Pozo, which I didn't see that happening coming into this season. They needed the arms right now because right now they are down – so many key members of that bullpen. The starting pitchers have not gone deep into games. JT Brubaker is going to start tomorrow, and he's only going to be able to go about four or five innings uh, because he's just not been stretched out fully as a starter. I mean, they did for summer camp for a bit, but he never got too far ahead because they always knew, hey, he might have to just go into the bullpen. There are a lot of external factors right now that are like, well, we need as many pitchers as we can get we have to send two position players down. Uh, Guillermo Heredia is one of them, and that's kind of easy to see. They want a JT Riddle, and Riddle cannot be optioned. And Cole Tucker has kind of proved that he could play in the outfield multiple positions, which was Guillermo Heredia's calling card. He had an option. That's how it works. Osuna was the other one. And it's kind of looking at, you know, the roster of, well, if you're keeping Cole Tucker in there, you can't option him you got to have two catchers, you know, Philip Evans has been hitting the ball. It, it, he's just drawn the short stick. But we kind of been seeing signs. Like, he went almost a whole week, you know, without a plate appearance. You know, it was mm -hmm. – there were some signs there. It was like, hey, you know, Philip Evans is kind of taking this, you know, quasi-starter job and rolling with it. Cole Tucker is kind of taking this quasi-starter job and rolling with it. Those at-bats – you know, he lost them as a result. No, no, I, I, I get that. I think people are just frustrated because they've seen that o Osuna brings power to the lineup, and it's a lineup with outside of Josh Bell and the ever-appearing-in-the-beginning-of-the-season Colin Moran, uh, it, it's, it's lacking a lot of bop. So yeah. I, I feel for the anger of people, but I hear you from the, from the analytic perspective is that this is the kind of the move that you feel they have to make right now. Yeah, and, and you know what? Taxi squads are going to be expanded. I expect Osuna is going to be one of those guys who constantly travels with the team. But here's the other thing about Osuna. Yeah, I, there is some pop potential. But does no one remember what happened those last two months of last year? Whenever he was given, you know, basically an everyday starter job because they traded Corey Dickerson? Towards the end, he had the 674 OPS over the last two months of last season with a sub-300 OBP. And not a lot of power. That, that's just bad. That's just bad. I mean, we can talk about, okay, that was the first time he ever 
was given a real starter job and, you know, outfield's more taxing and, you know, the, okay, I can hear those factors. But here's a guy who just in the major leagues has never been that good of a hitter. I mean, you can like the swing, you can like the potential power, but so far we're, we're talking about a pretty decent sample size here. I don't know how many career plate appearances eyeballing it. I'd say about 700, 800. Here's a guy who's been basically replacement level for all, throughout all of that. All right. Alex, we got the, the rough news uh, that Nick Birdie, the, the guy who was looking like he was going to be a bright spot for the Pirates as their closer, and his season's pretty much done. He was put on the 45-day injury list, um, had a serious injury, and it just continues to look like a just completely ravaged bullpen for the Pirates and in a group that already you were wondering maybe like are they how good can they even be in this in this season but now even the guys that they have lined up to play this year are devastated yeah I mean look at it coming into the year they had not even to the year into summer camp like a week before summer camp you were thinking, wow, the back six of the bullpen is going to be Keone Keller, Kyle Crick, Richard Rodriguez, Nick Birdie, uh, Michael Feliz, and Edgar Santana. That is a good back six. I mean, most of those guys would come in into the year and think like, yeah, those guys could slide in to, you know, set up closer roles for a lot of teams if, you know, all goes right. This is a potential super bullpen. Right now they have Rodriguez. That's, that's uh, unbelievable. That's five. Five big relievers that they are without right now. And Nick Birdie and Feliz. Feliz is also done for the year. But Nick Birdie in particular, this was the one thing that couldn't happen. If he would have gone out and just sucked all this year, that would have been fine for the most part, as long as that right arm stayed healthy. Here's a guy who's been through TOS. He's been through Tommy John. He has missed significant baseball every year since 2016. This is this is just potentially career threatening. This is ugly right now for him personally, and it's a shame because I I know it's a cliche to say, you know, this guy works harder than anyone. I can safely say Nick Birdie worked harder than anyone to get back to pitch Major League Baseball this year, and it's done after two point one innings. And if this is really serious, and talking not talking around, but you know, during the Trevor Williams Zoom call after the game, you know, how he was saying how somber Nick looked, that kind of indicates that it might be really serious. I mean, it's already serious that he's going to miss the rest of the year, but maybe it could be potentially serious going forward. That might be a career under. That's insane to think about. And, I mean, you think about how the Pirates have seen so many careers delayed because of these type of injuries. I mean, they're dealing with Jamison Tyon right now. Yeah. who and and it's not the first time that they've dealt with Tyon's injury situations and hoping that he can come back and waiting for him to come back um it did I mean it just seems like they're just the the difficulties and the frustrations continue to compound for this organization who are who's trying to even rebuild at this very point in time yeah and you know what they'll get something back during the trade deadline because whenever Keller does come back he's going to be you know, the type of player that someone's going to want to trade for. Derek Holland is the type of player someone is going to want to trade for. But because it's only going to be a month this season, yeah. I, I can't imagine it being anything serious. It's it's just 
not good. You know what the saving grace potentially is for the bullpen, though? What's that? Lake Cedarland is going to come up at some point, and they are going to be forced through process of elimination of giving them high leverage innings. That I'm looking forward to. Okay. Okay. You think, he, you think that that's at least something that, that, that'll give some meat for the Pirates fans to see, like, okay, there's a semblance of future there. Uh, did you not see the Blake Cedarland memes that came out of spring training? No, I did not. Oh, oh, whenever he's, whenever he makes his debut, everyone go to Twitter and type in the phrase Blake Cedar pitching. You're going to love it. Blake Cedarland pitching. I'm going to look, I'm going to look that up. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep that in my mind. You know me, I likes my memes. <laughs> so I, I know I'm not the first person to congratulate you, but I think I'm the first person to say it through a, through video so far. <laughs> Congratulations on joining the pit beats this year. I mean, first of all, excited. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited, man. Um, this is, uh, this is something that I've been talking to Dayon for a while about. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, a lot of people were asking me about like, you know, like, you know, I wonder what your passion is like going to be for Pitt. It's, I mean, I'm, let me tell y'all, as much as I've followed the Steelers over the years, I've kept tabs on Pitt the entire time. Um, you know, if you follow me on Twitter at Carter Critiques, you've seen me during Pitt games, football and basketball, give my own commentary and, and, and level of, you know, what I see with those programs. Um, I'm very excited to get this opportunity. Um, you know, I was brought in back in 2016. Um, as a part-time guy, I've been a part-time guy for four years now. In fact, my fourth year anniversary is uh, like next week. Um, but uh, you know, this is uh, this is you know, Dayon told me this, this has been a long time coming, and uh, I'm very excited to get this opportunity to be able to go out there, make this my primary focus. You know, I still have to finish out my old job, but you know, I, I, you know, I got another week or so of that. But um, I'm really excited to be able to join you guys full time, be able to do the job as without having to sprint over from my last job, my other job. Because uh, I can't tell you how many times you guys are doing that happy hour show. And I'm like speeding home. Like, I'm coming, fellas. Um, <laughs> the Calvary is coming. Yeah. Um, but um, but it, it's extremely exciting because now I get to take my, my analytical uh, perspective and throw it into beat writing. Um, which is something that I've always been interested in doing. I've, it's something that I've had, uh, I've had some opportunities to jump into whenever I've been filling in uh, when I was part-time. You know, I covered a, a pit basketball game for in place of Hunter last, year, last season. Um, I was able to – I backed up Dale on more than one occasion with stuff after games. Um, you know, it, it's something that I've always wanted to try and now – uh, now this opportunity is here, and I'm very excited. I know that's something that 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 you kind of did that transition from from being an, a baseball analyst, and now you're the lead baseball guy here. Yeah, yeah, I, I wanted to bring that up because I, I I think it's interesting. I mean, whenever you have you know Dave and Dale, who have been doing what they've been doing since we were in diapers, pretty much, if if not before. I mean, we took the untraditional path. I feel like because I did a lot of the analytical stuff, the, the baseball version of classroom for a lot of different places. But, you know, Dayon saw that passion that I had for, for the game. He's like, okay, I, we can work with this. This is someone, it's going to be a little raw. We're going to build them up, you know, from there. And I feel like the, that you brought up the passion. That's one thing, you know, I've been on this beat here for almost a year myself. 
oh my God, you need that <laughs> at some point because there are going to be times whenever Pitt's just going to get its ass kicked by some good ACC schools and it's going to get in the wall. There are going to be times where, you know, the Pirates lose their seventh straight and you're <laughs> looking at like, man, what am I going to write new about this one? I, I, am, I know for a fact that, you know, having that eye, you've seen that in classroom, that's going to translate well to a, like a beat like Pitt. That's the thing is like with Pitt, you know, uh, you know, people have seen my Steelers coverage and the Steelers, they've been, they've been relevant my entire time here. They've been, you know, either among the best of the AFC or they've been fighting for a playoff spot. And, uh, you know, in my time here, like, you know, that's kind of been an advantage is that they've always had Ben Roethlisberger. They always had Antonio Brown until the past couple of years, this past year. And then even, you know, the first year that they lose Antonio Brown, they get Mika Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt, you know, emerges, Devin Bush gets drafted early. Um, and, you know, there, there's, there's never a lack of talent with the Steelers. You know, Pitt's in a different situation. The power struggle in college football is, uh, it's a lot different than it is in pro football. Everyone knows that, but, um, that doesn't, you know, that does, that has never stopped me from following Pitt, from seeing what they do and how they do. And I'm telling you, like, you know, I'm I'm a guy on for both football and basketball. I've, I've when I was a kid, I lived and died with the with those teams. Um, and uh, but you know, and ever since I've become cut, we can, you know, I started covering sports. I've kept up with them. I've kind of maintained, you know, uh, my my following to see what they're doing and what they could do better. So now I'm excited to be able to bring that analytic analytical analytical perspective. There we go um, to the game because, like you said, it's a different kind of passion. Um, we didn't come up in you and I didn't come up in, in the in into this industry the same way that you know guys that we look up to did. Um, but I think that's part of this new age of journalism is that you can have people that are bringing this more sports focused perspective on hey we're breaking down the elements of this game that you know people other other people might not take as much time to do and that's not saying that Dave and Dale don't do that because they're among the best in their craft but we can both say there's plenty of people in the industry that kind of just they go off of the stories they go they don't focus on the actual gameplay and what happens on the field and I've always prioritize that I've always said you know this is what we're here to focus on not necessarily these these outside elements and there's times to talk about the story because those are that the, you know the stories are, are important to tell about these about these people that are growing as individuals but for sports fans the number one thing is is always why did this team win why did this team lose explaining me what's going on and that's what you're going to get with Pitt I'm super excited to bring that because um I don't think there's enough of that what Pitt goes through everyone just everyone just throws their hands up oh they don't they don't they, you know they don't have a Pitt stadium anymore they go to Heinz Field oh they, you know this 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 stinks that stinks and I'm like well well wait a second let's let's break down elements of what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong and my first preview is up now on dkpittsburghsports.com previewing the offense and all the things they got wrong but in all the things they got wrong I'm highlighting some of the things that they got right and how they need to lean on those things to make themselves more competitive in the 2020 season. I have one small issue to take with what you said, though. Okay, what's up? It's about the talent gap that you brought up. Who's on the beat that's covering Miguel Del Pozo right now? Who has the biggest talent gap to work with? 